It's the Sean Pittman Show, where we talk about politics, sports, entertainment, and business. Here is your host, Sean Pittman. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Sean Pittman Show. What a week. And I've been looking forward to this show, y'all, because I know I've mentioned him on on past radio shows. It's always tough to get him because he's a busy, busy man. But you know what? I asked and he said yes. Y'all help me, uh, listeners, welcome a good friend of mine uh, for a long time. Another good frat brother. I know y'all, some of y'all out there don't like me to say that, but I have to acknowledge <laughs> it from time to time. But Mayor Kasim Reed, uh, former mayor of Atlanta, lawyer extraordinaire in Atlanta, and just a gentleman. Uh, mayor Reed, welcome to the show. How you doing? How you doing, Sean? I only came on the show to, to, to convince you to get into politics. And I've been working <laughs> on it the, the last decade. Hey, man. You, you know, if I, if I start talking directly to your listeners, I'm just going to stop talking to you about it and just start <laughs> talking to the people of Florida. Hey, listen, so you know my <laughs> wife used to like you, right? Until you said that, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, listen, it's man. Good. Yeah. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, though. Uh, of and, course. And, and, you know, you came to Tallahassee to speak to a large group of, of people a few years yeah. ago when you were mayor of Atlanta. Yeah, the Florida State University campus. I remember it well. It was a great night. That's right, man. And you yeah. drove us. You challenged us. You challenged that crowd to really, really take a look at what's going on in the city. And, and, and you left us with something. You said, you know what? You're, you're not going to grow the way you need to unless you create more black millionaires in your community. And so Absolutely. we are having a robust conversation now in this community about the disparity in black wealth between white families and black families and how mm-hmm. we how we bridge that. Um, and you know what? There's, there's very few c- cities who have done that better than Atlanta. And, uh, you know, Mayor Maynard Jackson expanded the city's not only the minority participation from less than 1% to nearly 40% in just five years, Mm -hmm. but he Mm -hmm. created dozens of black millionaires. He did. Why is that so hard for other cities to replicate? Um, You know, I'm not typically critical of other cities, but I know in Atlanta, it's about intentionality. Uh, Really from the time of of Maynard Jackson onward through Ambassador Young, um, that has been a central focus and a role of the mayor of the city and the business community. And it really has been the city of Atlanta's secret sauce. Wow. And it's made our city and our region the most dominant economy in the southeastern region of the United States. And so and, if, and incredible. If Metro Atlanta's economy was a standalone economy, um, it'd probably be either the 35th or 36th largest economy in the world. And that really did grow out of this fundamental belief in inclusion and rising tides and rising boats and being intentional about making sure that talented individuals in the community have a fair shot and a fair shake. And when that happens, uh, individuals like you and so many others uh, in Tallahassee are going to, to reach even higher heights than you already have. And what you're going to see is, is is the country will take notice, investors will take notice, and more capital investment will flow into the Tallahassee community. And 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 you know what? I love hearing you say that because I I, I don't think even in our fight for for this um, 
this intentionality that we have articulated in quite a way that you have. And, you know, and I think you lived it not just as somebody living in Atlanta, but you got to lead it. I mean, you 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 came in at a at a time where your 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 leadership was was needed. I mean, you had a lot going on that took a steady yeah. hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I led. Uh, I had the, the good fortune of leading during uh, President Obama's tenure, and we were in the worst recession uh, since the Great Depression, and now uh, we're right back where we were. Um, during uh, those uh, challenging economic times. So I certainly understand, but, but the times are no excuse. fact of the matter is, is that Tallahassee and other cities have a wealth of talented black people, and the city will rise as you give those black people a fair shot and a fair shake. And it be, But it has to be something that everybody cares about, and it has to be something that uh, the white community, certainly the business community, uh, wants uh, to partner in. Um, Atlanta had a great deal of influence, for example, um, really on the city of Dallas. Um, When you look at the election of Ron Kirk as mayor of the city of Dallas, uh, they took a hard look at what had happened in the city of Atlanta. So my point is, communities have to come together and be intentional about this inclusive effort. They have to find real opportunities. They have to look where the real talent is in Tallahassee and then unleash it. Well, we got to hold on to that. That's um, that's and I think that's where we're trying to move. And I got to tell you, you know, I look at Hartsville Jackson Airport. I mean, one of the business in the world. Um, it's the busiest airport it, on in the, the world, right? On, on this planet. The world. That's correct. <laughs> and, Second and, in Beijing. Wow. Second mm-hmm. to Beijing. And the, the economic impact of the airport is $34 billion, and, it, and it is the center of employment for more than 400,000 people. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so it's more than just an airport. It's more than just an economic engine. I mean, you just talked about the employment opportunities there. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to have, what, 50% of the people, if you, when you meet them, they might work at the airport or something that derives from the airport? Yeah, well, I mean, it's the big, biggest economic generator in the Southeast. So on any given day, you know, there's there's 65 to 70,000 people on that campus. And, and at Hartsville-Jackson Airport, our minority and women participation um, runs between 35 and 40 percent um, right now. So you have to think of the number of minority women and men millionaires who are being made uh, through all of the dollars that are spent, um, whether it's through concession, construction opportunities, and because um, all of the dollars generated at the airport stay at the airport, um, it's just a constant um, business opportunity for talented and qualified individuals. And then when they get an opportunity at that airport, that gives them the ability to travel both nationally and internationally uh, and and shop their skills and talents and grow their businesses. It's one of the reasons why Atlanta has such uh, a large, uh, successful um, black middle class community. And so we looked at this recently. I mean, you guys are deliberate about it. I mean, you have a 40 percent mandatory minority participation at the airport. 
it's, it's 35, but it, it, it organically grows because it's such a part of who we are and the community's culture that it's actually grown beyond um, a mandate just because it's a part of our culture. And, and leaders in that business, whether they're in the construction sector or whether they're in the concession space and other businesses, um, they just become, they, you know, they become an essential part of the community. They they can, they make contributions in church. They sponsor Little League baseball teams. All of the things that are associated with a deep and rich community, um, you see from entrepreneurs. And I know that you're engaged that way in Tallahassee. So folks in Tallahassee just need to kind of close their eyes and imagine what if there were 40 Sean Pittmans. Man, that you just said a mouthful there. That some people might move <laughs> if that were the case. Uh, but you know what? But what I love about talking to you, and the reason why I wanted to talk to you, and listeners, if you're just tuning in, I'm talking to former mayor of Atlanta, Kasim Reed, who uh, did such an incredible job as mayor. And um, thank you. And and, and listen, uh, one of a guy that I admire quite a bit. And I'll tell you, and I want to get back to our conversation, but I want to tell people. That, you know, I, I've always cared for you and I've always been impressed by you. But I got to tell you, the thing that made you um, a person that I would admire forever was the way you dealt with making tough decisions. Yes. You had a situation, and I don't remember it specifically, but I know you do, where you had people picketing outside of the mayor's office because yes. of a decision you had to make. Uh, yeah. about your budget and mm-hmm. the thing that I admire about you the most in that moment is most leaders would have let them sit out there and pick it most leaders would have said they'll get tired I'm making the right decision I know I know it because I'm the mayor but you went out there and you said listen I'm going to meet with all of you at yeah, one at wanna, a time, yeah. and I don't mm-hmm. care how much time it takes because I need you to see this. I need you to hear me. And you did it. And I got to tell you, man, that's leadership, man. the city from going broke. So the city was headed towards insolvency, and we passed a pension reform me- a measure which protected the pension and made sure that the pension would be solvent. And we took a controversial decision and ended up uh, passing it uh, unanimously at city council. But it certainly was tough trying to get done. And because of that, um, when I left office, Atlanta had the largest cash reserve in city history and a double A plus credit rating from Standard & Poor's, Moody's & Finch. Well, in the best financial condition the city had been in in 40 years. Listen, man. But yeah, I certainly remember that. I, yeah, I, and I remember talking to you during that period of time, man, and I was like, wow. I called you after I read it. And I was yeah. like, wow, man, that that was a that was a huge move. And I and, and so I know that that Atlanta appreciates you for that work. And speaking no, of I Atlanta mayors, that. man, I mean, our, our friend uh, Mayor Keisha Lass Bottoms has had a lot yeah. to deal with lately, man. I mean, yeah. over the past few months, she's dealing with two pandemics um, yeah. uh, in Atlanta. How do you think mm-hmm. she's handling these difficult times? I think she's handling like I imagine she would. I mean, you know, uh, from my phone calls to you in Tallahassee that. I believed in her all along. Yes, she you was did. A council member for eight years uh, that I was, I served as mayor. Uh, I supported her, did everything in my power to see that she became mayor. 
So nothing I've seen, candidly, Sean, because I called you on her behalf, um, has been surprising to me. Her consideration for the vice presidency, uh, her poise, her work ethic, none of it surprised me. Well, because if you remember during the campaign, there weren't very many folks uh, who supported her. Yeah, I mean, she was, you know, I don't think many people thought she was going to win. And, and uh, I remember you being with her, though, and you believed in her. And, and I remember the couple phone calls we had. And I, uh, I, I burned up that phone. And I appreciate you it for the calls, though, by the way. Ahead. I appreciate you calling me. Um, and I appreciate you answering. Yeah, I, I mean, she's been, she, she's, she's been a good friend. And, and I thought yeah. I think about you a lot as I watch her go through some of the things that, she, that she's going through. And, yeah. um, I mean, this is tough on – these times are tough on anybody in office, though, I Absolutely. would think. Right? Yeah, but, you know, when you're mayor, you, I mean, every mayor has their challenge. You never know what it's going to be. So when Mayor Franklin was in office, um, we had to repair the the city sewer infrastructure. It cost billions of dollars. And and the the future of the city was at risk. When I was there, we had a pension crisis um, that risked uh, turning us into another Detroit in terms of having a real risk of going bankrupt. And and now she's in office and she's dealing with the pandemic and just never know what's going to happen on your watch. It's what makes being mayor such an incredible job. I mean, you just wake up every single morning loving every minute of it. So this week, uh, Joe Biden chose uh, Senator Kamala Harris to be his running mate, the first woman of color ever to be named to a majority party ticket. Uh, yes. This is hugely significant for the black community and for women. Uh, yes. But but let me ask you this. And for I mean, the Indian community. And the Indian community, because we're hearing yes. a lot. I mean, we it, yeah. it seemed like every community may benefit from her yeah. <laughs> being there. Uh, tell me, tell me how it hit you, and 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 what do they need to do to win? Well, I mean, it hit me. I was ecstatic. I thought that it, she was perfect choice. I mean, I've known Kamala Senator Harris since she was a district attorney, and have supported her for her entire career. Um, so I I wasn't surprised that she was selected as vice president. I think that. It really does show that excellence and achievement matter. This is a situation where um, what was supposed to happen did happen. I mean, in my judgment, you can't have a woman who had been elected attorney general of the largest state in America and to the United States Senate in a big, bold, diverse state that if it were standing alone would be the fifth biggest economy in the world, the state of California, and then not choose her for the vice presidency. I think that it showed um, Vice President Biden's character. And what I think people uh, who don't know the two of them should know is when they win their respective offices, you'll have good people in office again. Vice President Joe Biden is a good man. Um, He is a good person with good instincts, and he wants to help other people. That's who he is. He's a man who went to work every single day. And at the end of the day, instead of getting an apartment in Washington, got on their cellar train and went home to his family. Um, Senator Harris has been focused on helping um, the little guy her entire life. I mean, she's she's from Hmm. Oakland. Um, Anybody who knows the story of her mom. I mean, and yeah. how much single mother, single mother, mother, single mother. Yeah. mother committed to her and meant to her. It's just one of the great American stories. And so what I'm looking forward to is 
having two people who wake up every day thinking about us and not themselves. And I think that that's going to be the biggest difference. And, uh, you know, we have in the United States right now a 70% wrong track direction, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. You've been in politics (laughs) long enough to know the first number you look at in politics, if you're an office holder, is wrong track, right track. That's right. People believe that we're headed in the right direction under your leadership. And really across the racial and social spectrum, people in the United States believe that we are not. So so we know that we're going down the wrong path. And I think that we have the right leadership uh, in Senator Harris and Vice President Biden uh, to move us in the right direction again. That's what I think. Well, I, I think and now I... we just have to do the blocking and tackling of it all. And everybody who can hear this interview needs to understand that there are going to be more forces working to prevent us from voting than have ever than been ever put before. in front of us, um, certainly since the 1950s. Yes. And so we need to make a plan right now, not near Election Day, on what we're going to do to make sure that our vote is cast and counted. And we need to be intentional about that. And that's one of the reasons why I was uh, delighted to be on your air today. Well, I got to tell you, Mayor, I, I mean, and I, and well, I'm not going to tell you. Let me ask you, because you're, you, you talk to people all the time. Do you believe there's enough of us who uh, want to see change to actually Absolutely. make it happen? So, do what we need so to do example, to make it happen? Yeah, so I I think Vice President Biden and Senator Harris are going to win Florida. I think that they're going to win Georgia. So that that that's Those my are, headline for your show. Yeah, I was going to so, say that's huge. So you, that, you, you might need to repeat I, that. <laughs> yeah, so I think that I think that they're going to win Georgia, and I believe that you're going to see um, black voter participation um, match participation under President Obama, and I think that Vice President Biden is going to be plus three among white voters. Okay. So I I think Senator Harris is going to match President Obama's black turnout, which fell two to three points during the last cycle, and I think that you're going to see Vice President Biden perform better than President Obama among white voters and among white women and I think that's going to be the margin in the swing states. So I'm hoping you're right. It, it, it worries me a little bit. I just wanted that, to go on there and say it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so and we'll play it back. History. We'll play it back. And you I know? assume, we'll and I assume that, show. absolutely, brother. I assume, too, that uh, if if Mr. Biden's smart and Ms. Harris, I know she's smart, that they'll have a, a, a Kasim Reed out, out speaking across the country um, on their behalf. Uh, I do want to ask you about voting, though, since you bring it up. Yeah. Uh, listen, there are a few people who can talk about the importance of voting better than you. Uh, yeah. We talked early in the show about, you know, your election took some time because there was it was a close election. 714 votes. 714 Absolutely. votes. Yeah. Um, we got a primary coming on the 18th. We got a general election on November 3rd. The most important election probably ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. T- please, please, please tell people what what's at stake here and why they need to get out and vote. 
Well, what's at stake is your future and your personal dignity. Um, voting, participation, and exercising your franchise really is exercising and expanding your own personal dignity. That's Generations amazing. put it on the line for that dignity. That's amazing. And so when you do that, it's more than just deciding who your leader is. It's, it's exercising and expanding your own personhood because no matter what you think, the people that hold those offices make decisions about how your personal life operates. How much money you have in your household is influenced by how much you pay in property taxes, right? The quality of the schools around you and the decisions in the schools around you are influenced by how much you participate in the political process. Right, right. And so what I would say to everybody, it's all on the line and that it all matters. You don't remember anything that I say today. Remember, it all matters. Every single vote matters. I mean, you, you referenced Mayor Bottoms. Can you imagine what would happen if Mary Norwood was the mayor of Atlanta right now at this moment? I I, I cannot imagine, but I just, know it wouldn't I mean, be just, good. Just think of what you've <laughs> seen going on in the city of Atlanta. I mean, it, listen, nationally, with what is going on there, Atlanta would be uh, I mean, we it, it wouldn't be talked about yeah, for... Yeah, we don't even need to talk through it. Yeah, point but is, you get it. Mayor Bottoms won by less than 800 votes. And so the Atlanta that you think of and imagine and have known for 44 years was influenced by whether 800 people thought enough to get up and make sure that they exercise their franchise. Their right to vote. It all matters. Yep, it matters very much. And uh, but, Mayor, listen, man, I I really and I know how busy you are. uh, But as this election goes on, I mean, we got a couple months and it's going to get hot and heavy. Mm. Uh, And and it scares me that it may still be close, even though we know the caliber of of Biden Mm -hmm. Harris is is not even it can barely be touched. Right. Mm -hmm. We know it's still going to be close, but we got to keep telling people what you have told them now and they need to hear it from right a, and they need man. to hear it from a trusted voice like a like a Kasim Reed so I, I will I hope you will come back and um and more than that man uh I'd love to see you when I'm in Atlanta man I, it's been a long time and I'd love to check man, in man you let me know let's grab a meal together okay all right listen uh please tell your wife and family hello I'll do the same and and listeners uh Mayor Kasim Reed with us uh today uh but stay with us we'll be right back with the Pittman point right after this welcome back to the Sean Pittman show and uh man we want to thank Mayor Kasim Reed for spending time with us this morning and yeah, look, we had a lot to talk about, uh, but there's more to talk about. He's got to come back because, as you can tell, this guy, uh, man, he's got a lot to say. It, it comes with wisdom. It comes with I've been there and it comes with I care. So, uh, Mayor Reed, thank you very much for coming on the show. And listeners, now it's time for the Pittman point. This week, Biden campaign broke some huge, huge news uh, by announcing that Senator Kamala Harris will complete the Democratic ticket in November. We said it here. We said that the vice president needed to choose a black woman in order to be successful. And he did. And we're happy for it. I think that Senator Harris is a safe choice. She is the choice. I think that 
a lot will believe is ready to go should something happen to the president. And I'm not saying it would, but he's 77 and the VP this time really needs to be somebody who can be ready at any point, no matter what the situation may be. And now that's not to say that any of the shortlisted leaders would have been a bad choice. Y'all know how much I love uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms. And we know that Val Demings was uh, talked about quite a bit as well. But Senator Harris is a known commodity. She ran for president and she can rally voters. And most importantly, she could step into the big job immediately, as I've already said. And in uncertain times, voters are going to want that stability. So, Senator Kamala Harris, we support you. We're glad that you're there. And Mr. Biden, we thank you for taking all the advice and going with someone who can relate directly to the people. A black woman who, uh, without question, has a background of leadership. So the Pittman point today is, now that the ticket is set, y'all better get out and vote. Y'all heard Mayor Reed, and I echo everything he said. Voting is our most important job in November. Don't let anything get in the way. This has been the Sean Pittman Show, and we'll see you in seven. 